0: online for you. I just ask that you turn to that as we say from Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, many of us have been captivated by the sights of punch-ups taking place in grocery stores we've seen the loop of aggravated shoppers concerned that they might not be getting the last of the toilet paper or the pasta or the the rice or those other things and how in the moment there are places where the anxiety and the worry elevate so quickly that we begin to see everybody else as the enemy and so in that moment punch-up happens one that I saw that was just so amazing and interesting uh, that it was, I couldn't take my eyes off of it, was there was an older gentleman who wasn't in the fray to begin with, but got pushed a little bit. And then his son and his uh, uh, siblings that were there were going after the people that had pushed their father. It had ceased to be about the toilet paper and it had become about protection. And there's some place in our lives right now that we might be uh, thinking to ourselves or hunkering down are making sure that we have enough uh, hand sanitizer and uh, canned beans and all of those things are protective of our family. And they are. But they also run the risk of making us look at everybody else as somebody that is out to get my provision and in turn out to get my family. Now, in our heart of hearts, we know that that's not true. But in a time of crisis, in a time like this pandemic, it's very easy for us to fall back into not our better natures, but our worst natures. At the same time, we're so thankful that across the internet and across news channels, we are seeing places where there is hope and peace breaking forth, that the better nature of people are springing out, just like those drive-by birthday parties or those beautiful people who stood out on their balconies cheering for the Italian health workers or the singing and the playing of instruments on porches that just allows God's beauty to invade this broken world. And so it's pretty amazing that we come to this passage within the Beatitudes, where Jesus is laying forth what the citizens of the kingdom of God look like, really against what the citizens of the world look like. Those who are not within Christ, those who don't understand or know who God is and how much his loving, steadfast pursuit is for them. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, it's interesting here that Jesus did not say, blessed are the peacemakers keepers there's a difference a peacekeeper is quick to acquiesce a peacekeeper often is one who looks for the compromise as quickly as possible a peacekeeper is somebody who will think to themselves how can i get a win win out of this situation Maybe you've heard that phrase before, that place where we can have both sides feel like they got something, and then every conflict will go away. However, we know that in peacekeeping, most often what takes place is the warring battlefield just as emptied for a moment, that the people who had opposition towards one another retreat to their corners maybe feeling a little successful at a time, but then going back and thinking, hmm, I didn't get quite what I wanted. I'm not sure I actually got the best deal in this compromise. I'm not positive that I didn't get taken advantage of. And so those old hostilities come forth again. And so Jesus doesn't say we're to be peacekeepers, that we need to find the middle ground, the compromise. I'll be honest with you, I kind of like that. It's a whole lot easier because you can kind of push people off and you just kind of kick the can down the road a little bit before it comes back up. And maybe you'll have a better strategy the next time. Jesus also didn't say, blessed are the peace seekers. Peace seekers are those who are looking out for peace. They're wanting to see it happen, but they're not actively engaged in making it happen. Peace seekers are those who know that there's something that needs to be taken care of, that they see that there's brokenness in relationship and in the world, and they look on the outside hoping that there will be some message or something will take place or something that will happen that will cause peace to come again. And so they seek after it. But they do it passively. Perhaps they're scrolling on Facebook looking for places where they can see people coming together in peace. Or maybe they're reading some latest book that's talking about how peace can maybe be achieved. I can remember when I was a young boy in the 1970s, the president of the United States was Jimmy Carter. And he worked with uh, the prime minister and uh, the leaders of Egypt and Israel to bring about peace between those two countries. It was uh, called the SALT Treaties. And so they worked that out and they all signed it together. And at Camp David, which is a a place for the president uh, to retreat, they, they did the work there. And so at the end, they all came out and they raised their hands together because they had accomplished peace. And everybody kind of said that now peace will reign in the Middle East. People were peace seekers, hoping that somebody had done something to bring peace. But those people in the Middle East and around the world weren't actively involved in that peace. It ended up being three men getting together to talk about three countries. And peace didn't come. Now, Egypt and Israel have had pretty good relations since then. But in the whole region, which the promise was this will be the domino, that things will unfold and things will happen, that just hasn't taken place. So we're not called to be peacekeepers and we're not called to be peace seekers. We're also not called to be peace proclaimers. Well, what is a peace proclaimer? It's someone that just doesn't pay attention to the world. It's someone that just says, oh, be well. Go on your way. Things will be all right. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. They're the ones that don't aren't honest about the brokenness, aren't honest about the conflict, uh, We see them in their relationships where there's been tension or there's been brokenness that they'll say to themselves and probably even those all around them, oh, it's all worked out. Everything's fine. But yet we don't see them engaging in that relationship anymore. We don't see them talking with those people anymore. But there's not a conflict there anymore. See, they're proclaiming peace as if it exists, but it's not there. What Jesus calls us to be as citizens of the kingdom is peace makers. This world peace, this word peace is a pretty interesting word. It's actually in Hebrew the word for shalom. Lisa Harper Johnson has written a book called The Very Good Gospel. And in it she speaks this way about shalom and about peace. She says this in scripture the word shalom itself means well being. Wholeness, the perfection of God's creation, abundance, and peace. Shalom describes the absence of conflict, and it is used in the context of prophecies of salvation for the vulnerable and condemnation for the unjust. She goes on to say that in the New Testament, the Greek form of shalom is used 94 times and means restored relationship, wholeness, healing, And peace. The word in Matthew 5 9 means those who do peace are shalom doers. She goes on to say, Shalom is the stuff of the kingdom. It's what the kingdom of God looks like in context, it's what citizenship in the kingdom of God requires, and what the kingdom promises to those who choose God and have been chosen by God, and God's way of peace. To live in God's kingdom in the way of shalom requires us to discard our thin understanding of the gospel. You see, we recognize that the world is broken. We recognize that there is conflicts that abound. We recognize that relationships get torn apart. And we see that we are supposed to be those who engage deeply in bringing back shalom, our wholeness. At Fremantle Church, we talk about the fact that we are here to experience and express, know and make known God's steadfast Love and eternal pursuit to bring us into whole relationship with Him, with ourselves, with all others, and the place that we live. At this time, it seems kind of difficult because we don't get to gather together. We're not even getting to walk out into the, the town that we love that much anymore. And maybe in a few days or weeks, we won't be able to do that except to run to the shops and get our essentials, maybe run to the pharmacy. And so when we hear those words that we're called to bring wholeness, we need to begin to recognize that that wholeness starts within ourselves and within the places that we're sitting. And right now, that's your home. That's with your family. For some of you, you're by yourself watching this right now in your home. So how do you bring about wholeness in yourself? You recognize that God is the one who's created you. That he made you who you were and are and he placed you in the place that you are at this moment, in this time, in this space. So that you can know him and make him known. And in making him known, you'll know yourself better than you ever thought. That you'll recognize that even though I seem isolated and empty and there's not someone here, Christ is beside me. And that's not just some sort of highfalutin talk that Jesus is your best friend. That's saying that Holy Spirit resides around you and is coming to give you comfort and peace. But we have to be open to it. We have to open our hearts and recognize that He is there. Not that we can block His power because sometimes God comes like a a lion (laughs) and breaks in and shakes us and rattles us. If we're with our families and we have others there, then we have ample opportunity in that place to make sure that we are living towards wholeness and peace because we're going to make each other angry eventually. (laughs) We're going to get on each other's nerves, even though we love each other so deeply. And so it'll be an opportunity for us to walk as a peacemaker. A peacemaker is someone who is first to repent and first to forgive. A peacemaker is someone who says, I see that what God has done is he has said, you were my enemy, but I came to save you. And so I no longer have someone that I'm against. I'm only for everyone. And so a peacemaker steps into the world and says, the way God created the world was so that all would be together. The world is broken, but I'm a citizen of the kingdom. And so I work to bring us all together. And not just out of acquiescing and not just out of making, uh, uh, of bringing peace and keeping it, but actively involved in making shalom. When we get out of here uh, in due time, we will get to spend time together again. There'll be ample opportunities for us to walk into places of conflict, to places of brokenness, I was telling a friend of mine uh, just the other day that we need to be patient with one another because if this goes on a little bit longer, we're gonna forget our social muscles. They're gonna atrophy. So what that means is that some of the extroverts among us, when we are able to get out and about with people, we're gonna be overwhelming. We're gonna wanna hug everybody. We're gonna wanna come up to you and make sure you're doing all right. And we're gonna wanna engage every moment of every day. So be patient. And for those of you who might be a little bit more introverted, you're going to want to see people too. That might shock you. And we know introversion doesn't mean you don't like people. How false is that? But you're going to be overwhelmed. You might be overwhelmed at the fact that you do want to spend time with more people than you thought you did. That you might be finding energy by peeing with those people or after two or three weeks you might be thinking to yourself why can't we go back to that isolation thing that was pretty pretty good I like that we have to have patience with each other because in those moments we're going to do stuff that offends one another we're going to do things that make each other cross with one another and so God is going to call us to be peacemaking we're going to have to walk together in this Even right now, as you're looking at your internet feeds and you're hearing people talking about different things, there are so many different views about how we need to flatten the, the curve and how we need to bring down that care. and Sometimes we can feel judged, whether we're ones that think, well, at least we can still go out a little bit or we're those that are thinking that we need to stay inside and I can't believe people are even in their cars. What are the Hinkles and Phil Graham doing at the church building right now? We have to have patience with each other. We have to move to a place where we recognize that people might have different opinions, but that doesn't make them the enemy. See, because here's what God did. When he said, I've come to make you peacemakers, I've come to take any enemy away from you. Because you were my enemy, and what I did is I saved you, and I made you my family. And so we're family. We're family in this worldwide. And God has called us into himself to be his peacemakers. There's one thing that Martin Lloyd-Jones said in his sermon on this. And he says, here's the last thing in a practical realm of being a peacemaker. We should be endeavoring to diffuse peace wherever we are. We do this by being selfless, by being lovable, by being approachable, and by not standing on our own dignity. If we do not think of ourselves at all, people will feel... I can approach that person. I know I shall get sympathy and understanding, and I know I shall get an outlook which is based upon Christ. In our house, we have diffusers. We put oil and water in them and it it makes things smell good. It's also healthy because we put some uh, oils in there like thieves oil and clove and peppermint and cinnamon and all sorts of things. And so it smells good, but it also clears up our, our chest and makes us feel better, helps us get rid of headaches. But what it does is it just makes that smell go all over the place as we walk in shalom peace, as we walk in that wholeness that God says that yes, there's a fractured world, but I'm gonna make it whole again, then we begin to diffuse that smell around us to everyone. And we do that as Martin Lloyd-Jones says, by being selfless, by not standing on our own dignity. I bring peace by knowing my identity rests solely in Christ. And Christ is not one who stood on his own dignity. Christ said, I will come to you. I will become like you. I will die for you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. That word called can also be mean owned, that you are owned by God, that you are his sons and daughters. It's important that uh, Jesus used the word sons there because it is about ownership. See, the Son is the the one who is the representative of the Father. The Son is the one who, when people see the Son, they recognize who the Father is. And, And so what Jesus is saying here is, you will be called sons of God. That means that you will be the recognition of who God is. That in the world today, they will see you and know who God is because of how you live. Because of the sweet aroma that you bring. In Ephesians, we are remember that uh, Jesus came to preach peace to those who were far off and those who were near and that it is that peace that put to death hostility. In Hebrews 13, we're reminded that God is the God of peace and he has made that peace through the blood of Jesus. And so we become the sons and daughters, those who the image of God in this world by Jesus and his sacrifice for us how amazing it is that we get to rest in that. And in resting in that, I don't have to make myself puffed up. I don't have to have my agenda kept. I don't have to have my way followed or my needs met. It's great when that happens. But that's not all of life for the citizens of the kingdom of God. All of life for the citizens of the kingdom of God are to be those who bring peace, who make it happen. One of the beautiful things about art is that they reflect things about who God is. And it's interesting that mosaics have been around for years and years and years. And when we see mosaics, we see the beautiful picture that they show, some pattern or something that's happened in history some hope of something that might happen in the future. We see warriors and we see gods and we see beauty and we see pastoral scenes. But as we get close to those beautiful pictures, we see that they're broken pieces of glass or pebbles or metal cogs (laughs) because mosaics are made out of so many different things today. But we recognize that they don't look like they do anything together. But as we step back, we see the picture. A peacemaker admits first that the world is broken and it doesn't look beautiful. But because we are sons and daughters of God, we walk back and see the big picture and the beauty of God. Let me pray for us. Father, You are good, and all You do is good. We ask that if there are words that have been spoken today that are not Yours, that they will be burned up, that they will fly off, that they will be gone. But if there are words that have been spoken today that are Your words, Father, we ask that they will take root in our heart and that they will bring Your good news forth and Your good works and that You will receive praise and glory and honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Why don't you...